Do you ever want to dive deeper into the Bible, but you just don't know where to begin or struggle to feel like you even have the time? When you read the Bible, maybe you get frustrated because you know there's got to be more in there, you just have no clue how to get it out. Or maybe you just want to know the Bible better, so you are looking for any resource to help. Well then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. We are two sisters. I'm Veronica. I'm Erica, and we love to study the Bible, and we love to help others understand it better. When it comes to our own study of Scripture, we have found that in bringing back the context of Scripture, it adds to our understanding. It actually adds color to the black and white pages of the text. Veronica. Yes, Erica. (laughs) This is episode 146. I like how you read that opening. I know. I told <laughs> Veronica before we started, I'm bored. <laughs> Erica gets bored I easily. Get bored with things. Apparently, I do. I you didn't know this about are, myself. You are not a person who likes routine. Uh, I thought I did. I do in some ways, but like I'm bored with our opening. Okay, well, figure out a new one, sweetie. Yeah, I'm not. But so sometimes, listener, if you skip the opening, <laughs> every once in a while, you're I missing do, out. I do play with it. Yes. You did throw in a couple new words. Just a little bit. Whatever. Yeah. Emphasize something. Yes. Are you ready to wrap up Genesis? I cannot believe we've come to the end of it. It has been so good. I wasn't sure what to expect. I wasn't either. Veronica, when you're like, I'll do Genesis. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because it sounds basic and familiar. It does. But you have brought out such new things. I know. And this is, oh. I brought out new things that I had never considered (laughs) before. You've been shocked. I have been. Because I actually, this morning as I was just looking over my notes to come over to do this, I was thinking, okay, this is my third time teaching through Genesis. And I learned so much this time. What am I going to learn next time I teach through Genesis? Right. The word of God is exciting. Right. Because there's always something new. There's 70 facets to the Torah. Yes. So I have to go through it 70 times. Okay. I got 67 more times. I'll jump to the last one and pick up your hits. Yes. But it's just, what's been cool is just looking at Genesis as a whole Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, it's laying a foundation, which I've always said that. It's God introducing himself to the world. But this time I loved, and I'm going to come back to it at the end today, the the structure, the shelves we gave for Genesis of, no, I got to think about Genesis is all about foundations, Abraham's faith and Abraham's family. Right. Because I really liked how we did Exodus. Exodus is all about redemption, covenanting and dwelling based on memory. Right. Because if, to me, if you can, if you can get those things in your mind, it just helps you know what that book is about right you yes. know jonah's kind of easy because it's small ruth's kind of easy because right. it's small esther's right esther's a story right that was kind of easy but this whole idea of you take a bigger book like right. genesis exodus and it's like what is it about well here you go genesis is about laying those foundations all those guns that we've been talking about from the beginning as we've gotten into jacob's story we haven't had guns on the wall we've just been following the dots Oh, because that's true. They didn't, yeah. Because to me, the difference was the dots aren't connecting to the rest of Scripture. They're more interconnected to each other. The story right. of Jacob is more interconnected. Right. And so, but there's these, a lot of layers. There is. But today we're going to put two more guns on the wall. 
for Genesis. From Genesis that will now carry out through the rest of scripture. You know what? <clears throat> we are setting up for ourselves. We need to do Leviticus. I know. Genesis, I actually... Exodus, Leviticus. That would be the next one that yes. I would say eventually within the next year. Yes, we do. I was or so thinking that needs to come up. My husband spent several years studying Leviticus. I know, and I never got his. But it was a long time ago. No, so. we're using him for other things right now. That is true. So, but hang on to the end. That's the right. little bit of a right exciting Tidbit. announcement. But as we get to the end, to me, forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-nine, and fifty is really the epilogue. We are just wrapping up the story. Um, you need to see where Joseph's family settles, how they settle, how that goes out with Pharaoh. How they are given an amazing piece of land. Right. To right. stay there. We always, because it's a story, because it's a family, we need to see as the patriarch of right. the family dies, we've seen that blessing, that birthright that goes on. We've kind of been wondering, okay, what's Jacob going to do when it comes to time to bless and pass the birthright on? Has Jacob learned not to have favorites? Has Jacob learned... <laughs> Not to take the younger over the older. Mm. Well, let's look at really quick. Um, chapter 47 and 48. As Joseph gets to watch, it's more 48, what his family, his dad does. His dad says, hey, who are in verse 8. I believe, yes, verse 8. Jacob asks, who are these two son, two boys? And Joseph, it's just kind of way of clarity. Right. You know, these are mine. Notice some similarities between Jacob's passing on the birthright and the blessing to when he got the birthright from his dad who was having some trouble oh, seeing. Oh, his eyes are failing. Right. Does this feel familiar? <laughs> so Joseph brought his son's clothes, verse 10. His father kissed them and embraced them. And then hmm. immediately he puts his hands. He flips them. On the wrong child in a way. Right. He puts his, he basically, Jacob comes along and puts the younger right. over the older. Ha. Huh. I know. Ha. Uh -huh. Every younger child <laughs> out there is going, of course, we all know this. We all know the oldest is the responsible one, though. This is true. But, but that's just fit with how the rest of this story has gone. Ishmael was older than Isaac. Right. Esau was older than Jacob. And Manasseh is older, older than Ephraim. So you just get some of these similar themes and dots connecting throughout right. the story. I'm not saying that's something that to me is not a gun on the wall you're going to continue to see. Yeah, because you don't really see it throughout. No, it just scripture. ends here. It's just this family. It could be a storytelling device in right? their day and age. It could be. But two guns I do want to talk about. Um, first of all, as you see, Joseph has leading Egypt right. he is taking care of everything and the famine gets so severe that the people ultimately have nothing left to buy the food with other than themselves right which you go okay that's a really severe famine right and on the one hand it's always bugged me that Jacob or Joseph makes them go into servitude for him but on the other hand I thought this I, this actually came to me this morning of this is a gun on the wall that sets you up then for when the Mosaic Covenant comes along and God says, here's how to treat the poor and the needy. Yep. They can glean in the fields. Don't glean at the, at the corners. corners. Don't go back through a second time. Allow those who are hungry, right, who need help, to work for their food. What did you just say, Veronica? 
allow them, like Joseph does, work for your food. It's not a free handout. Nope. And on the one hand, you go, 20%, that's kind of a lot. Right. But on the other hand, he's ensuring their survival. Right. Would you give up 20% if you knew it was going to be your your essentially your bank account for the next five years right. while this famine is going on. And he's keeping their dignity intact and yes. keeping them in the mindset of you have to work to eat. I saw on a YouTube clip, a TikTok video. I don't watch TikTok, but it was this kid in his 20s who thought it was ridiculous that he should have to ever work. He should get, everybody should just get everything for free. Because then what are you going to do? Right. And because he wanted to travel. He just wanted to have fun in life. So why should I have to work to get everything? Why can't I just have it for free? And I wanted to be like you, (laughs) immature little boy. Right. Because who's going to produce your food? Who's going to make your clothes? Who's going to give you that food? Who's going to build your house and run the airplanes and do everything so you can enjoy life? Working is a part of life. Yes. And the Bible makes it very clear. And apparently this is a passion point for me. <laughs> it is. Right but now. If, okay, let's even go back in the garden. Adam had to work. Right. You know, so we're just continuing that gun on the wall of work is a good thing. Right. Work is a blessing. And Joseph says, hey, I'm going to maintain your dignity. Here's your food. You just have to earn it. Right. That's really not the end of the world to say to people. Right. Earn your food. I'm going to keep you alive. I'm going to oversee this. Right. But you need to earn it. It's okay to require some. We'll move off that hot topic. Work. Right. (laughs) But that was one gun. The other one, verse 15, Erica, of and verse chapter 48. Verse 15 of 48. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. What has God been? My shepherd. Yes, which to me, that's another gun on the wall. Because as soon as you say God is my shepherd, Hmm. what should come into your mind? Psalm 23, Jesus is the good shepherd. Right. And by the way, we have a podcast on Psalm 23. We do. I'll have to find that in the show notes. But just the idea of here's a gun, an imagery of God that you will see continued to be used throughout scripture. And pay attention to those who God puts in charge. Right. They tend to be the bigger... Names tended to be shepherds. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were all shepherds. Moses was a shepherd. King David was a shepherd. Right. Because right. ultimately, what does a shepherd do? Takes care of, defends, protects. Yes. Guides, protects, provides. Right. And so you go, okay, here's one of the first. We've seen God as a fire, which you, with back with Abraham in chapter oh, 15. Oh, yeah. That's right. You know, that's a gun on the wall because you're going to see that carried out yeah. throughout scripture. This is another image of God you're going to see carried out through scripture. Right. And so, again, coming back to Genesis is laying these foundations, setting you then up for the rest of scripture. Now, chapter 49. Good luck. <laughs> oh, all the blessings. All the blessings. Because truthfully... I'm not even going to start to try to make sense of it. There are commentaries and things out there. Some of it has to do with where they end up as tribes. Right. Some of it doesn't completely make sense no. where they end Mm-mm. up as tribes. Nope. But what I want to point out is just a little bit of trivia. Verse 28 is the first time you see them called the 12 tribes of Israel. Hmm. Verse 29 Jacob keeps coming to Joseph and saying, hey, can you make sure when I die, my bones bend up back here? Can you make sure this happens? 
Why is he coming to Joseph? Because Joseph has the power to make sure it happens. Yes. Honestly. Joseph is really the one. You right. don't go to the oldest. You don't go to Judah, who's taking over as the oldest. You go to Joseph because Joseph's got the power. Right. And the connections. Right. But then here's a kind of, to me, sad commentary. Did you know Leah died? Not till you said it. <laughs> I know. Verse 31 talks about Leah's buried with Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Rebecca. And Jacob wants to be buried with Leah. And it's like, did she die before? When did she die? But we don't know when any of them. I mean, they all. We know when Abraham and Sarah died. We knew when Isaac and Rebecca died. We did knew we? Re- Does it say? Oh, when we Rebecca don't know. Died? We don't know when Rebecca died. You're we right. We just assume because when she get we get back, she's not there, right? I don't think it says she died. No, it doesn't. So, fine. But we know she's buried. Well, now we know. But when still, Leah's it's just to me fascinating that all of a sudden it's like. Oh, yeah. Rebecca, not Rebecca. Right. Leah, Bilha, and Zilpah are dead. Once we, once they're done having boys, right. they kind of fade from the storyline. They had a huge role to play. Right. They were important characters, but our focus needed to shift right. then to these boys right. so we don't get the end of their stories like we've seen with everyone. Right. Laban pops up for a little bit. Right. And then disappears. Even Esau pops up for a little bit. And then disappears. So again, right. you bring characters in. It's not really like a good movie telling thing. Right. Right. They come in and then they're just gone. I think part of it is just so you don't focus on them. Right. Like, because who ultimately the story is about God and what right. he is doing and everybody else is a side character to him. Right. And so, yes, there are certain characters that we spend a lot more time with. And so it is fitting we get there. And mm-hmm. but there's tons of even less side characters that come and go throughout Mm -hmm. the story yeah satan have we seen him since Since the very beginning yeah not at all yeah true but so the end of genesis is just it's wrapping up the birthright the blessing joseph because his dad takes on his two sons does get the double portion right the better portion of the birthright right so that's why you don't have in case you didn't know this, I'm sure most of you do. That's why you don't have a tribe of Joseph. Right. You have the tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh. Because those sons. are ultimately both Joseph. Right. I do want to say, because we mentioned it a few weeks ago in the podcast, I just threw out the statement, oh, the rabbis have a fun story about why Joseph's, Jacob's life is short. Oh, yeah. Compared to the rest. So I just want to make sure I give people right. that. So um, back in chapter 47, Jacob is brought before Pharaoh and he says, the years of my pilgrimage are 130. They've been few and difficult. And it's fascinating. If you count it in the Hebrew, the number of words that that Jacob says to Pharaoh is the number of years that Jacob ends up living. Which is crazy. Right. So the rabbis looked at this and went, well, obviously there's a connection between what Jacob said and his life and when he died. And so they kind of view it as God almost was listening in and goes, oh, Jacob, you think you've had a really hard life and they're short? Okay, then I will give you what you've said and I'll cut off your words based, I'll cut off your life based on your words. So how many words are you going to say? Okay, that's how many years you get. So he should have been super should have been, <laughs> He should have been like, how's it going, Pharaoh? And I think there's probably more to the story. But right. in essence, the number of years coincides with the number of words because Jacob doesn't speak well of God. He just kind of, oh, my life's been hard and it's all about me. And it feeling. was kind of hard, but he made it was some his of his own, own choices. Yeah. 
Right. So just a fun little story. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because people who binge and listen will go, wait, Wait. right. You didn't answer that. So yes, we want to make sure we answer what we said. Yes. The other thing I want to set up is the seed. Because at the end of Genesis, I've been telling you the last couple of weeks, it's kind of the question of who is going to carry the seed. Jacob totally gets to decide who's going to have the birthright. And he gives it to Joseph. But he doesn't get to pick. God's never told Jacob, hey, the seed is going to come through this child. So we've been since chapter 37 and 38 kind of toying with who carries the seed. Is it going to be Judah, who was the next chronologically in line, or is it the favorite Joseph? And as Erica and I were talking about this, she brought up you throughout the next couple books in scripture, it's still toyed with there. It's the idea of they're still not clearly sure because you get to the Davidic covenant mm-hmm. and we have an entire podcast on the Davidic covenant and Erica brings up the idea of Jeroboam and God actually came and was giving him a covenant mm-hmm. and making promises and Jeroboam comes through Joseph then. Yep. Yep. And so you still, cause we know David's through the line of Judah and Jeroboam's through the, one of the tribes of Joseph. And so you still have which tribe right. gets the seed. And so it's not Erica said until really Matthew, when in the very beginning, Matthew starts with the genealogy and then you find out 100% for sure it is David, the tribe of Judah. And yes, you can you can read through scripture up to that point and go, I'm pretty sure David's got the Messiah. I'm pretty sure David, it's the son of David, the son of David. But it's really not till Matthew that you get that 100%. Aha, I <laughs> knew it all along. It was David, the tribe of Judah. But what you see throughout the rest of the Old Testament is that you do have these two different messiahs that begin to be set mm-hmm. up. Son of Joseph, son of David. And you find out, and a part of this is we're constantly able to read back right. through. You know, we, we, hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But you see, I think it's in Ezekiel, God takes these two promises and puts them together. So it goes from being two messiahs to one messiah who's going to come twice. But mm-hmm. again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Looking ahead, that may not have been the way you would have assumed it would have gone. But it's a fascinating discussion between son of Joseph, son of David, which one's coming, mm-hmm. when are they coming. So again, that gun, that seed It's gun, there for a long time. It's there for a long time and it keeps getting bigger. Right. You know, to me, it's more, okay, as you're reading through, pay attention. Because the whole idea of these guns on the wall, pay attention. Because if right. it's there in Act 1, it needs to go off in Act 3. If it goes off in Act 3... It needed to be in the book of Genesis for us to see it. So what we've been trying to do is help you now lay that foundation and go, there's so much more going on in the story. And this is your foundation of how you view the rest of scripture. Right. This is the God of scripture we're getting introduced to. Yes. And so what you see happening here. You need to see throughout the rest of scripture, these ideas putting forth, you need to see them over and over again. Because truthfully, what we've done now is we've taken Abraham's family. As we've laid those foundations, we've taken Abraham's family, Abraham's faith and watched him. And now Abraham's faith resulted in that covenant. It is done. It cannot be broken because Abraham's done. It cannot be broken. And so even when you get to the prophets in Israel sinning and falling away from God, that Abrahamic covenant is still in place and Mm -hmm. says, these are my people Mm -hmm. forever 
and ever. And so even though you have the Mosaic Covenant, which the people do break, Mm -hmm. the Abrahamic Covenant surrounds them and holds them in place and says, nope, you're still gods. Amen. And so we've watched Abraham's faith. And then we did watch how that covenant was fulfilled in Abraham's lifetime. Yep. And then as it passed on to his children, to Isaac, Jacob, and now these 12 tribes, it's been passed on, which leads us then to Exodus chapter one, because this is a story. Truthfully, the story doesn't end. Jacob dies, Joseph dies, but it doesn't end there. Yep. Yep. It's almost act one. Right. You know, because Exodus 1 verse 7 says their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly, they became extremely powerful and filled the land. Well, that's just your hook going, okay, now you need to read and study Exodus Mm -hmm. to go what, to ask what happens. What happened to them? How did they get back to the land? Right. What about the covenant? What right. about the sea? Because you got to go back to Abraham. God told Abraham, they're going to be in the land enslaved for 400 years, mm-hmm. but I will bring them out. So we need to see God now being faithful to that as he brings them out. Yep. Which then should send you into our Exodus podcasts. We would recommend a, right? as a good podcast if we say so. They were super exciting. <laughs> that was a good one. But this is the end of Genesis. I kind of feel like we need a party or to celebrate (laughs) or something. It's been quite the journey. It has been. We should go out and get mochas or something. You don't like mochas. I don't like mochas. I'll go get a chai tea. Okay. Or that pretzel I told you. Oh, a hot, soft pretzel. Yes. Yum. I'll do that with you. Okay. But now, Erica, we want to just quickly tease. Quickly. What's to come. How how do you want to tease this? I don't know. Do you want to tell them? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That works. We invited a special guest, our one and only special guest, right. <laughs> to come and teach on Habakkuk. And just, oh, dear oh, listener. Oh, we recorded three of the, four of the podcasts last night. Oh, if it is not appropriate for today. Yes. It is amazing. Yes. It, it was, was very. It was really good. It's a short little book, three chapters. Right. And we're just doing short little yep, snippets. short summer series yes. type of thing, like 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Your husband struggles with that. He does. He's, <laughs> he did get done and go, oh, I do like to go longer, don't I? Like, that's <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah. But that's what we're coming next back few, next week. Next month or so. We're keeping him to about 20 minutes. We're trying. Yep. Yes. So thanks for joining us. Don't forget, we have social media where you can interact with us, where we give you a little bit glimpse into our daily lives on Instagram. Erica, every Thursday posts something. I'm a bit verbose too, I know. (laughs) She is. I'm always short and sweet. But it just allows us to interact with you, for you to see some behind the scenes, see those graphics that help visualize what we're talking what about. What color are you going to do for Habakkuk? I don't know. I was just thinking about that. I've got a, I've got several color schemes. Because it's been a pretty green for yes. Genesis. Gen- because Genesis was green because to me that's garden life and that's and, life. Yeah. So Habakkuk will have its own color oh. scheme. <laughs> so those of you who like to see that can jump on Instagram at the Context and Color of the Bible. Facebook, there's a open group, public group, the Context and Color of the Bible. And then as always, Erica has a website ericavanheitsma.com if you want to we're very creative with our yes. names <laughs> it makes it easy to find us because mine's veronicacopenhaver.com creative yes so thanks for joining us and come back next week for Bye-bye. Habakkuk 1 bye bye now you can say it yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay